Before I begin, obviously you can tell that we're still working on our electrical issues. Um, our, our lights for the stage are not done and not prepped. So, you know, it's a little dark, so, but you can work through that, can't you? All right. Father, would you help us this morning? Father, we're called together right now, huddled in a secret place. Father, finding your face and your glory in this place. And Lord, so speak to our hearts today, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. How many of you know that a pregnant woman can't do what others do? Right? If you've ever seen uh, at Cedar Point, a pregnant woman can't do all the uh, amusement rides that other people can do. They can't do all the thrilling things that maybe other people participate in. Right? There are, in fact, certain foods pregnant women can't delight in, can't eat in. Why? Why? Because they're what? Protecting the life within them. There are drinks that pregnant women won't participate in or take because, again, for the life that's within them. Pregnant women will refrain from doing things other people do to sustain the life that's within them. Is that correct? As a matter of fact, they don't dress like other women dress. Do they? Why don't they? They've been changed. They've took on a new form. It doesn't fit in the old forms anymore. Am I right? And so what I want to share with you is the fact that I am pregnant as well. And so are the believers. We're pregnant. What I want to share with you this morning is really the meaning of prayer. Because as believers, we're pregnant with a life within us that makes us no longer do what the world does to protect the life within us that God is birthing. I don't drink the things the world drinks because I have a responsibility for the life in me. I don't dress like the world dresses because I'm pregnant with the things of God yet to be birthed out of me. I won't conform or do the entertainment or the amusement that others may do for their thrill-seeking because in me I'm preserving the very life of God's will and purpose in my life. And So I'm not going to do the same things and I want to share with you what prayer is and how as the people of God we need to understand and protect what we're praying for. Basically, God called us to do this. And we pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? And in that declaration of doing the will of God in the earth as it is in heaven, that is what prayer is all about. We are to be birthing and calling out the will of God into the earth. We are pregnant with prayer. And I want to show you what that means uh, through Scripture. The Lord really spoke to my heart about birthing the will of God. Prayer is the same process as procreation is for birthing life into the world. Consider that. Procreation. In, in agriculture, we call it germination. 
But procreation is the process of bringing life into the world. Am I right? And that process is a seed must mix with an egg to be fertilized in a womb until the time it is birthed and that life comes forth. That is the activity of prayer. And I want to show that to you in Scripture and give you the dimensions of this. So in the physical realm, we understand seed and egg. And so understanding that, let me share with you the seed. Throughout Scriptures, as a matter of fact, 44 times in the New Testament, the Greek word for word is sperma, which is translated seed. So in prayer we receive the word of the Lord, the promises of God. That's the sperm. That's the seed, if you will. And let me proof text that out for you, if you will. 1 Peter 1.23. You can write these down and look them up later. 1 Peter 1.23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through what? The word of God which lives and abides forever. The Word of God is the seed. That is the will of God made plain, isn't it? Jesus lived the perfect will of the Father. He is the Word of God. And so that seed is the key to the life of the will of God coming forth into the earth. In 2 Peter verses 1, chapter 1, verse 4, he says, Through these... His precious promises. He has given us great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So through God's precious promises, His words given to us, that's the seed that we partake of His divine nature. Think of Mary when she was impregnated with Jesus. It was the seed from God, and He is the Word. And so the promises of God are here for us, brothers and sisters. These are the seeds to your prayers. But they won't just happen. Something needs to take place. They need to germinate they need to come and dwell with that egg to develop the will and the purpose of God in your life. And so, 2 Corinthians says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. And through Him, the amen is spoken to us. Well, it's spoken. Uh, let me see how it says. Uh, spoken by us to the glory of God. So what happens is the promises of God are the seed. The Word of God is the seed. It is yes. It is amen. It is the will of God He wants into the earth. But we must speak it into the earth. It must germinate. It must come into us or fertilize the egg of our hearts for us to speak the so be it, the amen. And so that's the process of prayer, isn't it? See, so often we think prayer is simply making a request at the checkout line. I'd like a request, please. Could you handle this? Could I have one of these? And we have God answering our prayers when He wants, how He wants, whenever He wants. Of course, He's sovereign. He will. But He wants you pregnant with His will to be birthed 
into the earth. He is actually using us to declare His will and purposes in the earth. And so, the Word is the seed. It's in us. We hold on to the promises which are His divine nature and will, and we must declare the amen, the so be it. It's how everything works in bringing life forward on planet earth, right? It's no different in that realm than it is the spirit realm. And the seed must come into the egg. What is the egg? The egg is the human heart. Your will and your heart. So the seed of God's Word coming into our heart. Can I prove that? Yeah, let me show you again some Scripture. Luke 1.38, Jesus uh, the angel comes to Mary, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. What if Mary said, No way, uh-uh, no how? I refuse. There had to be a willingness of her heart to receive that seed into her being to allow the birth of Christ. Could she have aborted him? Why not? There's a willing heart. Jesus goes on and tells us in a parable about the sower and the seed, Luke chapter 8. And he explains how the seed is spread out. It hits a a path, a stony path. It hits an area where there's weeds and and things in a hot, scorching sun. He then explains that parable, and he says this. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the Word of God. Can it get any plainer than that? The Word of the Lord is the seed, right? It's the sperm. It's the life-giving identifier of what this life's going to be. He then goes on and he says, the good seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. So Jesus tells us the heart is the good soil. The heart that was stony wouldn't receive the word. The heart that crowded out by the cares of this world wouldn't cultivate the word so they never came into a place of salvation right they took the word and it never for but the heart that the seed that landed in good soil produced a crop that crop is salvation that crop is the life of god and so here it is again the principle is the seed of god's word in the human heart the egg fertilizes and we become pregnant with the will of god so our prayers, brothers, our sisters, are the, the womb and the hope of God's will in the earth. Again, it's not a wish list. It's not a, a, a request list. It is participating in the life of God coming into planet earth. And we need to get involved in this and start living like pregnant people, protecting the life that we're praying for. Does this make sense to you? It brings a dimension to prayer that is awesome. It makes me then consider that I'm not going to do that because I'm pregnant with a prayer. How many of you have ever been really fasting and seeking God for an answer to prayer? You see, you've been pregnant with carrying the life of that prayer. 
I'm not going to drink that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to eat this. Why? I'm pregnant right now. And I have to watch over the life of what I've been praying for. Because the will of that is going to come forth and bring life. God's life. The womb is our faith. To trust God and to care. That the life of His will will come forward. Let me give you an example of this in reverse to drive the point home. James says this in James 1, 14 and 15. Each person is tempted when he's dragged away, by, dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. There's the process on the flip side. Do you see what I'm saying? Instead of the will of God being the seed in your heart, what becomes the seed? Temptation. Lust. And so when lust becomes the seed in the human heart, it will produce what? Sin. So there's the process right there. So flip it around. When the will of God and the Word of God comes into your heart, what will it produce? Life. And the purposes of God. You're carriers of the will of God. You're carriers of the life of God's will for whatever you're praying for. Seek ye first the kingdom. Ask whatever you will in my name, it shall be accomplished. We're the carriers pregnant with God's will. Prayer is that period of birthing. What's that called? Gestation period? What is that there? Okay, The gestation period of carrying the will of God, watering it in prayer, weeping in prayer, travailing in prayer, birthing, being patient in prayer, and letting this thing come to pass because you travailed and prayed with faith and hope till it was birthed into the earth realm as the will and life of God. Amen? That's why we pray. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Revelation 17.17 Let me reiterate the same concept in reverse again. Revelation 17.17 Write it down, look it up. It says this, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill His will and to agree, and to give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. There's the principle right there. But in reverse. God is going to have His will prevail. Now to wicked men it says this, He will give. Fascinating verse. God hath put in their hearts to fulfill His will. So what's the egg? The heart. The will of God, the Word. He's put the Word of God even in their hearts. Why? So that it will fulfill the will of God. That's prayer. How many of you have ever walked through the day and all of a sudden have a burden? You have a name drop in your heart. You have an idea drop in your heart. You remember a prayer you were praying for a while ago and you just forgot about it. All of a sudden it it, it comes into your mind. Because God says it's not done yet. You're pregnant with this thing. Pray. Feed it. Nurture it. Give life and speak it forth again. And, and, and some of you have had birth pangs. There's, you've been troubled over something. You, you can't move. You've been stirred. 
to pray through and pray through. We had that experience Wednesday night. I wanted to encourage the church. We came to the altar Wednesday night. We had an amazing testimony of salvation. I would encourage you, Eli Contreras, a brother from San Francisco, came. Uh, get the CD and hear what God did in this man's life. Well, he called us up to prayer at the altar, and we were praying. And you know what? We, you know, we were praying. It's late, and pray, oh, God, help us, God, help us, you know. And, and we were rumbling and rumbling and, and, and doing what we do at the altar and kind of, you know, doing that. And, and, and something happened. Something happened to where as we lingered and stayed at the altar and it got kind of quiet and what's the guy, what are we going to do next? What's going on? All of a sudden, something began to stir and the people, it wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't uh, any band playing. There was no leading by any. It just began to travail and birth. There was breakthrough. All of a sudden, there was this sense of moving into another dimension and a baby was born. The will of God began to birth in people's prayers for the answer of what was coming. You could feel it. You could sense it. You could know it. The travail brought a purpose of God into being. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever sensed that? You don't have to be in a crowd to have that accomplished. It can take place in any individual life. You're pregnant. That's what prayer is. Nurturing the will of God in your heart by the word and promise of God. Hebrews 8.10 This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. He put His word and His laws in our hearts so that we will be impregnated with the will of God so that the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones will call down the will of God. You've got it in your heart. You can call it out and you're impregnated with the will of God for your neighborhood, for your workplace, for anything else. Who in there is going to pray the will of God but people who are pregnant with the promises of God to pray for the will to be done in that workplace, in your neighborhood, or for this nation. And what the church has forgotten is that we're pregnant with the will of God for the United States of America. But we've been going on a joyride forgetting we're pregnant. We've been drinking the drink that they've been drinking, eating the food they've been eating. We forgot we're pregnant to hold the righteousness of God and the will of God for this nation. Huh? You ever see a pregnant person just totally abuse their pregnancy? Smoking cigarettes, drinking gin, whatever? I don't know. What would that do to you? It would make you offended and angry, wouldn't it? There's a life inside of you. There is with us. As the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're pregnant with the will of God. And our prayer lives are the travailing of it to come forth. The word of the Lord is the seed and the heart of man is the egg. The, our faith is the womb in which the will of God is birthed. And so, let us consider travailing. Now this already takes place with us by the help of the Holy Spirit. When you look in Scripture and you consider when intercession and travail, the, the word travail comes from the concept of being pregnant and giving birth. And many times in Scripture you see the references of travailing to 
the will of God being birthed, or prayer, prayer and travailing. Birthing and, and, and travailing in prayer are linked up in Scripture as a concept. And so the will of God and the heart of man brings forth the life of God through our prayer life. Let me give you an example. I found it fascinating when meditating on this, and I thought about uh, when that moment in the Garden of Eden says that after Adam and Eve had eaten that apple, it says, what? The voice of the Lord came walking in the cool of the day. Now, the word cool of the day is, is uh, ruach, which is the breath of God. It, it is the breeze of the Holy Spirit. I actually believe, now I, I can't prove this out, but I actually believe in Genesis 3 when it says that the voice of God, who's the voice of God? The Word of God, right? The seed of God. The life of God. It's Jesus. As Jesus is walking through that garden, He's coming in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the wind of the day. We translate it cool of the day, but it's the wind of the day. I believe that God is coming to Adam and Eve as the Word of God under the anointing of the Ruach of the Spirit of God to come bring the will of God for planet Earth through Adam and Eve, but they blew it! Where are you, Adam? Who told you you were naked? Someone got to them before God did. He was bringing the Word and the Spirit, but they believed a lie. The enemy wants you to abort what you're praying for. He does not want you to know that the life has already been conceived in you. When God put a concept from His Word and a promise from His Word into your heart and you said, yes, God, and you began praying, now what He wants to do is He wants you to believe a lie. He wants you to abort that prayer. He wants you to give up. Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap a harvest. If you faint not, if you don't give up on it, don't quit on the gestation. Don't quit on the life birthing in you. Don't quit on it. The problem is we're so used to instant gratification. Our problem in our culture is we want it now. If we don't get it in a week, if we don't get it in a month, obviously God doesn't want us to have it. Hmm? Forty years later, Moses got a calling from God. Forty years. How many years for Abraham? How many years do we pray for prayers to be answered? But the devil wants us to quit. He wants to get to us before we trust the Word and the Spirit coming to bring life to us. So don't give up, brothers and sisters. In fact, I thank God because what He did for us is this. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, He put His Spirit in us to travail for us. If you'll read the chapter of uh, Romans 8, you'll see that there are three areas of groanings that Paul talks about. It begins with saying, all of creation is groaning as with what? Birth pangs. Okay? All of creation is groaning or travailing with birth pangs. What comes from a birth pang? A baby. Right? All right? 
So all of creation is pregnant. It's pregnant waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. It's waiting to be released from the bondage that it's under. It's pregnant. See, we all look, we've got to get our heads in gear here, folks. We're all looking, the, the world is looking at the end of the world. And they're scared to death. Unfortunately, the Christians are just as scared. I want an escape route. I want the rapture. I just got to get out of here. It's getting bad. I want out of here. What a lousy attitude for a believer. When the, the, when the perspective from Scripture is, it's birthing. The kingdom's coming. We're coming to a place where this world cannot handle the presence of God that's on its way. There are birth pangs and the birth of God's new creation and the King of Kings is coming and it's going to bust open this earth. It's going to cause so much disaster to human government, human ideology, and the politics of men and the lives of unbelievers that the kingdom's coming, pregnant, to bust forth with the life we've all been waiting for. We should be excited. Hallelujah. It's the last days. I don't know any pregnant woman that wants to go to a tenth month. God planned this thing out in the ninth month. And it start off as, oh, this is so sweet. This is nice. I'm nervous about giving birth. In the ninth month, get this thing out of me. Any means possible. That's where the church should be. Come, Lord Jesus. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I'm excited for what is being birthed. All of creation. You know when the birds are singing out there, they're going, come, Lord Jesus, tweet, tweet, tweet. Come, Lord Jesus, tweet, tweet, tweet. Yeah, squirrels are scampering around, not because they're looking for food. They're going, where is he? When's he going to come? Where is he? When is he going to come? Hallelujah, where is he? I mean, all of creation's pregnant, waiting for this to happen. And we are pregnant with it. So he then goes on and he says, just as we're pregnant, groaning in us for the redemption that is coming to us. But then last of all, he says this in Romans 8. He says, and likewise, likewise what? The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That groanings is again a reference to the last two portions of scriptures in travailing in pregnancy. So the Spirit is travailing in us for the birthing because we don't know what to pray for. We're too weak to pray, but God put a Spirit in us because this is the only means by which His will is accomplished. Through the human heart and the human voice, it's spoken into the earth. You say, oh, you're limiting God. He's sovereign. He can do what He wants. I know, but this is His design, not mine. This is what He said He's going to do, and He's going to accomplish it through us. And He put His Spirit in us to make this thing happen. And He's groaning. Now let's take a look. What is He groaning? All, oh, that's the wrong one. Here it is. Uh, verse 27. And He who searches hearts, that's God, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There's a communication here going on between God and His Spirit in us. And when He wants to birth His will and purpose into your office, into your cubicle, or somewhere down the hall you've been praying for someone, 
the Spirit of God is groaning for that promise that God's seed in your heart and it came together to germinate life and the Spirit's groaning to birth it. Father knows your heart, right? There's the egg. And, and the Spirit is interceding for the will of the Father to come forth. That's prayer. That's prayer. And we say, oh God, come. Bring it forth, Lord. I pray again for Judy. Judy down the hall. Oh God, I pray for her salvation. I pray, Lord God. And, and God is working that and you're speaking it out into the earth realm and the devil's trying to come against it. The devil throws everything he can at Judy. So she won't listen to the word and the spirit coming to her in the cool of the day. No, she won't hear it because she's going to be tricked to something else. But you're praying because you've got the power of heaven in your spirit right now to declare the will of God. I speak against the enemy. You can't thwart this thing. I speak the will of God and you speak. Now you can't override Judy's will. But circumstances in your continuing prayer may bring her into a place where she would consider what God is doing, and He's birthing the purpose and will in the, in the earth. Now, let me continue here. That's what the will is for. And last of all, we see this. He also said, this is what the kingdom is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. You don't understand the mystery of germination. I don't understand the full concept of the sperm and the egg making a human eternal life. Carried in the womb of a person till it gives birth and it begins breathing and it will live now for eternity. I can't explain it, but it's the principle of planet earth for all life and all will and all purpose. And God is using prayer in the spirit realm for that very same reason. Galatians 4.19, my little children for whom I am again in anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Paul understood this. What is Paul doing? He's travailing, praying for the Galatian church saying, I'm in childbirthing time. I'm interceding for you so that you will mature in Christ. I know what the will of God is for you. So I'm carrying, I'm pregnant with the expectation of what's going to happen with you. I want you to carry prayer in a different frame of mind, in a different sense now. It carries a weight of responsibility for us. It, it creates an interaction between us and God, doesn't it? An expectation. When you have the will of God, you can hold on to that baby, can't you? But this I say, 2 Corinthians 9.6, He who sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. He who sows bountifully, reaps bountifully. That takes on a whole new meaning for me. When I think of it in prayer, when I think the seed is God's will, the egg is my heart, the Him accomplished His will, we always read that as cash, money. Wow, how lightweight is our thinking in the realm of Scripture. How surfacy. Give some money and you'll get money back. Oh, I'm in for that. We've got all theologies on that. Church is built on that. Ministry's built on that. So a seed, you'll get money back. And so we spend our whole time in the economy of man. Biblical principles for the economy of man. Really? 
How shallow is that? But how about we go to the depth of sowing in the will of God? In a prayer life, when we begin to sow, not sparingly, but I want greater things. I'm praying for this nation to turn around. I'm expecting revival, something. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be pregnant for this nation. I'm going to begin pregnant and and pray the will of God. I know what God wants for this nation. It was birthed in the will of God. It was purposed for the will of God. That's been thwarted by sinful man. But I am pregnant with the purposes of God for this nation. So I can't play anymore. I'm pregnant. Don't ask me to drink the drink that you're drinking because I'm pregnant. I'm staying faithful to birth what God wants for this nation. I'm pregnant for what God wants for this city. I'm pregnant for what God wants for my children, for my wife, for my family. I know what He wants. I know what He wants to accomplish. I'm pregnant with God's birth and baby for this congregation. So I ain't going to play. I ain't going on the roller coasters anymore. i got to take care of this thing. Does that make sense to you? I'm not going to drink the silly drinks that everybody's drinking. I ain't drinking that in. I have to be about my father's business. How many of you remember when, when they came back to Jesus, he had said, I, I must have needs to go through Samaria. Because he met a woman at a well. They came back and said, hey, we got meat. Don't you want meat? And he says, my meat is to do the father's will. He was pregnant with the will of God. And he said, I ain't going to eat that. I have to eat the special nutritional food that pregnant people eat. The word word and will of my Father. Amen? God said to Jeremiah, I'm watching over my word that I may perform it. Now, conclude with this. Very interesting verse. It says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth what? Much. It's that travail. But there's a righteousness that that helps and adds to this. Don't you find that interesting? Well, I thought we have the righteousness of God. He's been given us right. Yes, that is true. In our sanctification, we're made immediately righteous. But there's a process by which we live out that position of righteousness. There is still a responsibility of us to live a righteous life. And as we press into a righteous life, we're going to give birth to that which we've been sowing into in great measure. Elijah prayed for rain. He prayed for it to stop. Three years later, he prays for it to come back. How could he manifest the will of God in such a way? First of all, he prayed the will of God. In Deuteronomy it says, when the people of God will stray, God will bring a drought. Elijah understood what the law of God said, so when he called a drought, it wasn't his opinion. It wasn't, I think I'm going to be mad at Israel. I'm, th- I'm going to do this. And it wasn't just some rhema word that God said, all right, pray for drought now. It was as a matter of fact Him obeying the law of God prophesied in Deuteronomy that whenever Israel goes astray, God will bring a drought to bring His people back. So what is Elijah praying? The will of God. The Word of God. He knew the Word. So he spoke out the will of God. That's why God had prophets to speak His Word in the earth realm. 
He spoke it out, what Deuteronomy said, what God's will is for estranged people, estranged, and he spoke it and it stopped, the heavens stopped over Israel, no rain. When God said, release the rain, Elijah then released the rain. Because he was a righteous man. He, he stayed on his diet for his pregnancy. Do you understand what I'm saying? We as a people of God have got to get back to being a praying people on a regular diet of righteousness so that our prayers would do what? Avail much. Avail much. You want revival? Get on your knees. Live a righteous life. Repent. And you will avail much much you 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 can't get answers to prayer if you're not living a pregnant life what do i mean by that i close with this living as if you're pregnant not eating what the world's eating not drinking what the world's drinking not living a riotous life like the world is on their playground i can't do that anymore i'm pregnant It's time to leave the amusement park, brothers and sisters. It's time to leave the cotton candy and all the soda pop and all the Ferris wheels and the roller coasters behind. You've been called with a purpose. Leave the amusement park and walk as a pregnant person. Watch what you're carrying in you so that you will bring it to fruition. Amen? There's no way to be pregnant and not be changed. Pregnancy changes your cravings. It's uncomfortable to be pregnant. Being pregnant can cause extreme joy and extreme pain. Right before it's time to give birth to your vision, you'll experience contractions. They'll be painful, but it's an indication. The will is coming forth of God. It's time for you to give birth. When it is, push! Push! Because the world needs what's in you. Let's bow our heads.